Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, if I didn't introduce myself earlier, I'm Clayton, the pastor here at Central, and I'm so glad to see all you guys uh, this morning. If you'd like to follow along with the message today, just scan the QR code up on the screens right here, and it'll take you to the notes there, and you can, you can have everything um, for you today. Well, man, it's, it's going to be a good day, um, I believe. I got to call my mom already in between services this morning. I called her, and she answered, and she was like, New number, who dis? Right? No, I'm just kidding. She, she, was, she, she, actually, um, she actually answered the phone call, and uh, we got to talk, and, and it was great. I, I love my mom, and um, even though she doesn't live uh, nearby, uh, we get to talk often. And, um, man, I hope that uh, if you've got a mom in your life, um, you've got a grandmother in your life, man, if you've got a wife in your life, you know, honor them today um, as we, we continue our, our series uh, in a series called InstaFam. And so we're looking at what it means to be a faithful family. We started right after Easter, and we're on week three. In the first couple of weeks, we talked about men and how men are in their garden, and they're called to cultivate their garden, which is their, their family, their, their community, their career, their church, to take care of the things that God has called us to take care of. And last week, we talked about families in the car. If you remember that, we looked at the stick figure family and how it looks perfect, the stick figure family on the back, the decal on the back of a car, but inside the car, it's not always perfect, is it? And we talked about how the answer to most of our family's problems is for every single person in that family to die to themselves, meaning that they, they strip off their selfishness and pride, that they, instead of thinking about themselves, they think about other people first, especially the people in their family. And if everybody's doing that, then families begin to take care of one another the way that God intended us to be. Well, today, obviously, we're talking about moms, aren't we? We're gonna be talking about, about mothers or women in our lives. Now, I've got a great woman in my life, uh, my wife, Holly, who's sitting there in the back over there, and um, I love her so much, and she is a great mom, and we have, we have two kids, and on, most mornings and most most evenings, we get to come together as a family and have a, have a meal. And with just the four of us, we don't have to have the giant dining room table. We just have like a small round table. But when we sit down to eat, my son always has his spot. And then he's next to me. And my daughter always sits across from me. And my wife always sits next to me. I don't know what it is, but everybody has their spot, don't they? And if you, man, try this someday. Just sit in someone else's spot, okay, and see what happens with your family. Isn't that weird? Like we always, we love our, our spot. But what's great about my wife is that she has a seat at the table. In my family, she has a special place. And for every woman in this room, you have a seat at the table. Your responsibilities are big, and I don't want your responsibilities. Your job is tough. You have, have, a, have men in your life who are, who are sitting next to you with all their faults and all their problems. You have, you have kids who are sitting across from you with all of their issues and you trying to take care of them. You have responsibilities on the table right in front of you. And you have a world all around you, a culture and society that's saying you need to be a certain way and live a certain way. Well, know this. <clears throat> Women, you are not alone. There are great women to your right and to your left. And there are women who have come before you, who have lived a godly life and served as a model for you. But I get it 
the, the mother life, the woman life can be really tough. And I think the reason it's tough is because of the comparison game, right? Every single person in this room, especially women today, if you're here with us or if you're online with us, it is, it's hard to not compare yourself with someone else. And usually it's not in a positive way. You don't usually compare yourself to someone and say, man, I'm way better than that person. Usually it's the other way around where you compare yourself to someone and you say, I don't measure for example, like here on the screen, there's, there's a couple ladies. Like you got the, got the pioneer woman right there, and you've got Joanna Gaines. And you look at them, you're like, man, they've got it all together. They've got perfect families. They know how to provide. They know how to, to have, a, have a business. They are always put together, and they're successful. And you, you think, and you look at them and go, I will never measure up to that person. Well, on Mother's Day, here's what usually happens in most churches. Up on stage, we wheel out a 3,000-year-old lady on, in a wheelchair, okay, because she's 3,000 years old. And so we wheel her out, okay, and we put her in front of you, and we say, women, you need to be like this woman, okay? You need to be like her because she is perfect. She is the ideal woman, and her shadow is, is a long, deep shadow that that cast over all of your accomplishments, all the things that you've done well, and you realize, I will never measure up to this person. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, aren't we? You know? Well, guess what? We're going to talk about her today. <laughs> okay. So I've wheeled her out. But, but get this. Let me give you a little background to this, to this woman. In the Old Testament, we have this woman in the book of Proverbs. And back then, they kind of called her the alphabet woman. Okay? They called her the alphabet woman because in this Proverbs, it's like this, this, this Proverbs is actually like a poem at the very end. And it's this acrostic where every single line started out with the next letter in the Hebrew language. So in English, it might be like an amazing wife and a, a beautiful woman and a, a caring woman or a, 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 a dashing mom. Or whatever, right? Like just the, these, like just descri descriptive words, and that's how this 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 poem goes. And it begins to describe this woman who is absolutely perfect, and the things that she does is amazing. She is the the A to Z kind of woman. She can do it all. She can do it all. And the reality is that woman doesn't exist, right? <laughs> that woman, it, there, there, it's something that it can never be obtained. And so when you got to get that. Right off the bat and realize that for all the ladies in this room, this Proverbs 31 woman is someone that you don't have to try to measure up to. The goal here is not to be perfect. The goal is for you to continually walk and move towards that ideal woman that Scripture has. And my prayer for you today is this, that it would not be a weight on you when you try to compare yourself to this, this woman It'd not be a weight, but instead you would look at her as like a coach, a coach that motivates and encourages you. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 31. And we'll have, if you don't have your Bible, we have it up on the screen um, for us today. But we're going to look at and just walk through a couple of encouraging key statements in this chapter that I believe will help all women here in this room. So look at Proverbs chapter 31. We'll start in verse 10. Here's what the Bible says. Who can find that perfect woman, right? Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? 
She is more precious than rubies, and her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. I don't know if you guys have been watching the, the news lately, but, you know, Johnny Depp has been in the news a whole bunch, you know, with this trial thing that's going on. It's kind of crazy. He's a weird dude, but whatever. And so he, you guys know him from Pirates of the Caribbean and movies, and uh, he, he is he's, uh, Jack Sparrow. And Jack Sparrow, his, his whole point in life, his pursuit of life is to chase after treasure, isn't it? To chase after treasure, and I think for every man in this room, here's what this is kind of saying. Every man in this room, we chase after treasures in our lives. It might be financial security. It might be stability. It might be success. It might even be like hobbies that we have or championships. You know what I'm talking about, guys? We chase after things in this life that we think will fulfill us. But what this is saying is that a good woman is more valuable than all of those things. And the reason is, is because she can be trusted. She can be trusted. Trusted more than all the treasures that the world has to offer. In other words, you could say this, a good woman delivers on her promises. That's what a good woman does. She delivers on her promises. And so she becomes this precious treasure this precious treasure in her man's life. And I think that the reason is, is because she has confidence in him. The reason that this, this woman can be, um, is considered a treasure is because, hey, I, I can trust her. I can trust her with, with my, my most intimate things in my life. And that's difficult, isn't it, guys? Guys, we have a hard time trusting other people. Honestly, who do we trust the most? Ourselves. You know, and so we go through this life trusting ourselves, and all of a sudden, this woman enters our life, and it changes everything. Everything radically changes, and she begins to fulfill us in ways we never thought that another person could fulfill us. And she gives us security, and she gives us love. She gives us true friendship and companionship and intimacy. And she becomes this different kind of treasure in our lives. And I think the reason that she's different is because we really know where she has come from. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19. You don't have to turn there. I'll just show you up on the screen. Here's what the Bible says. It says, fathers, they can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth. That's what can happen. A dad can give a son all the treasure in the world. But look what it says. But only the Lord can give an understanding wife. Guys know where a good woman comes from, and it's from the Lord. And so I just want to say to all the ladies in this room, you are a blessing to us. We are, we're rooting for you, and we want, we want the absolute best for you. So not only is a, is a good woman a blessing because, because she um, delivers on her promises, but here's a second aspect of this, this passage that teaches us about a, a good woman. It's this, that a good woman is an influencer, an influencer. I don't know if you ever see anybody walk into a place or like even to our church and a woman walks in and she's got that, that influencer hat on. You know what I'm talking about? Got the cool looking hat. Like we got one right down here. Okay, so Caitlin's got one on right now. And so when that person walks into the room, you're like, man, it's just like 
that person seems like she's got it together. You know, she's confident enough just to walk in any place. She's got that cool hat on. And you look at that person, you say, man, they, they've got it together. They're successful and they're making an, an impact in this world. Well, 3,000 years ago, they didn't have influencer hats, okay? If they did, they probably would have said that on here. But look what they actually had. Look, there's something different that they talked about and kind of described what it meant to be a woman of influence. Look what it says here. It says this. She's like a merchant ship. (laughs) That's weird. Okay. Bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and, and plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong. She is a hard worker. So what this is talking about in 3,000 years ago culture is that she is a provider, right? She's a provider, and she's, she's focused on being the best version of herself, not just for herself, but for her family and even people outside of her family. Look what it says. It says that she inspects a field, okay, and buys it. And then she goes and takes that money with her earnings, and she, she goes and plants a vineyard. What it's talking about is that, that she's savvy, right? That she's a woman who, who knows how to run a business successfully, that she has skills. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, she's just a great woman who can actually go out in this world and have influence. Not someone that just sits at home, okay, and makes dinner, but someone who actually goes out and lives the way and being an influence, influence in her world the way that God created her to be. And if you look back at this verse, there's a couple, a couple of ways that she is an influence. First, she's an influence to her family, isn't she? The Bible says she gets up before dawn, prepare breakfast for her household, and plan the day's work for her servant girls. For the people in her home, she is providing for them. She's an influence in their life. I mean, kids, think about it. Kids in this room, you grown-up kids, think about your mom. And all the influence that she has had on your life, if you've had a mother in your life or a mother figure in your life. I think about my mom. Man, the older I get, the more I look back and go, man, I was terrible. <laughs> like, like the things that I did or the, the heartache I put my mom through or the things that I selfishly desired and wanted and she sacrificed to provide for me. I don't know why she did it, okay? But she did it and I thank her every single day for that because she was an influence in my life. She provided for me. But you know what? There's a couple of verses later in verse 20, there's another uh, type of influence that, that um, a woman is. It says this She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. What it's saying here is that, that not only is, is a good woman an influence in her home, but she's an influence outside of her home to other people in her community. And then it goes on and says this She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. Here's what I think this means. Not that she can make good clothes, okay? It's not what it means. If you're a family struggling in the middle of winter 3,000 years ago, what are you thinking about? Just yourself, right? You're just trying to make it. What he's talking about is a woman who has a family who, who isn't cold in winter because they, they have great clothes, because the mom has provided for them. Here's what's cool about that. If a family isn't worried about themselves, what, what are they released to do? They're released to go and be an influence in their community to other people, 
to help other people out. And that's what's so cool about a good woman of God is that she is someone who is not as influential in her home, but she gets to be an influence outside of her home and she gets to multiply her home and multiply her influence in the world. That's what it means to be an influence, to make an impact in the world around you. So a good woman, she can be trusted. And a good woman is an influence. And she's influential in her home, outside of her home. But how does she do that? I think that the reason she's able to do that is this, this third kind of point for today. We find it in Proverbs 31, and it's this, that a good woman is, she's fearless. A good woman is fearless. Look what the Bible has to say here. In verse 25 through 27, it says this, She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future, which is kind of cool, okay? When she speaks, her words are wise, and she, she gives instructions with kindness, and she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Here's what this is saying, I believe, that she isn't afraid. She isn't afraid, and she laughs at the future because, because she's prepared. And she works hard, and all of a sudden, when, when things go bad, she's prepared. Her family is prepared and, and taken care of. And all of her hard work begins to, to pay off. And so when she wakes up in the morning, she doesn't worry about, about the future because her family's taken care of. There's some money in the bank. Her kids are on the right path because of all of her hard work. Day after day, her consistent hard work. That, my friends, is a good woman is a godly woman, someone who isn't afraid to get out there, someone who isn't afraid to take risks for herself and for those whom she loves, someone who, who makes an impact in her family and in people around her in her community, and someone who is, who is trustworthy and is cherished. Now, there's some, there's some parts. I've been skipping around. Y'all probably figured it out, okay? So I've been skipping around within Proverbs 31. There's some other verses in here that were kind of left out. And it talks about, like, making clothes and, like, bed sheets and blankets and stuff like that and, and how her husband is, is respected in the community because of, because of how she is. And, and, and some people will take that, that this and talk about that's what it means to be a submissive woman, right? You just make clothes and blankets and cook Right, do all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's what this passage is talking about at all. It's not talking about a, a, be, a woman being submissive or someone that, who has no voice or just kind of sits in the shadows. You see, in a, in a healthy, God-honoring marriage relationship, the man who is, who is the head is like, is like a coach. So that's, that's the sports metaphor for Mother's Day, okay? Y'all are welcome, okay? So it's, he's, like, he's like a coach, but the, the woman... She's the quarterback, isn't she? You know what I'm saying? She is the quarterback. She's the one who's holding the ball. She is the one who is, who is putting um, the team out there. She's the one who's, who's calling the plays. And sometimes she even has to call an audible that's maybe different than what, what the coach um, thought was going to be um, the best thing. At the end of the day, she's the one who makes things happen, doesn't she? She's the one who makes things happen. I think that's kind of what this passage is talking about because, you know, honestly, there are things in this passage that are, that are really outdated, like making of the clothes or, and, and th those kind of things. But, but here's what I think this is talking about. I think this is an important concept we all need to kind of understand. When you read Scripture, 
Here's, here's kind of a practice you can do. You can take scripture, you can, you can bundle up that truth, not your own truth, but that, the actual truth that's found within the text. And you take it and you bundle it up and you take it to today and you put it out in our culture and say, what does this mean in our culture? Does that make sense? Yes. So you got, you got to t- try to understand what that's really talking about. So this is, this is a 3,000-year-old uh, view of what a woman in that culture looks like. Well, what does that look like in our on our day to today. Well, I think here's what it means. Here's what these, these verses mean. It means that a good woman is a hard worker. And she's not afraid to get her hands dirty, right? And it's a difference between someone who, who is only selfish and thinking about themselves versus someone who is a provider and someone who's thinking about her family and thinking about her community and people outside, outside of her, her household. And she gets... She gets her hands dirty, like, I mean, metaphorically and realistically. I mean, how many of y'all women have cleaned up, throw up at 2 a.m.? You know what I'm talking about? Dirty diapers, you know, unclogging toilets. I mean, come on. Like, there's, there's a lot of, of literally getting your hands dirty um, for, for, for women in this room. You guys are hard workers, and the reason you do that is because you want to make an influence and you want to provide. You want to do those things. And now, it doesn't mean in this, this passage that a, a woman is supposed to, like, work, you know, her fingers to the bone and just never have any time off. I mean, we, we're supposed to have time off. God created us that way to have, have rest. And so, dudes in this room, that's a, a message for you today. Like, let your woman have a day off, okay? Provide for her today. Rub her feet this afternoon. Babe, I'm going to rub your feet this afternoon. It's on, okay? We're doing that today, okay? So, you need to go and, and do that for your, the woman in your life. Okay, do that because she deserves it. She needs rest as well. But what this is talking about is a woman who is marked by consistency, where she diligently works hard to take care of other people. That's how God has made you, right? It's that God-given feeling that you have. If you're a mom in this room, you know what I'm talking about having that desire to take care of someone else. And so if God's given you that desire, like run with it, live within it, and do it to the best of your ability. And that's what this woman, this Proverbs 31 woman, is trying to do it. Now, how in the world do you do it? Like this, this is all great. Like, how, okay, making, making up all these, these sayings and talking about women and how they're, how they're supposed to be. But how in the world do you actually Live that out in your life. Well, I think in Proverbs chapter 31, towards the very end, it gives us the cheat code, okay? There's a cheat code to being able to actually live this way. So look at verse 30. Verse 30 talks about it. Here's what it says. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Here's what it's saying. Those first two things are things of this world, right? We can live our lives pursuing those things. But the Bible says someone will be praised if they fear the Lord, if they make that their aim. If a woman makes their aim in life to to serve the Lord, to love the Lord, to put their life in line with the Lord, then she will be greatly praised. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Okay, I mean, the Bible talks a lot about, about fearing the Lord. What does that mean? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things we think about fear. Um, it might mean the like, like actual terror that you have of something that is, you know, bigger than you, something that is really powerful. 
Um, fear could also mean where you respect someone who has higher authority, or fear can also mean where you have like this reverence or awe of greatness. And I think the Bible's saying that fear of God is like all three of those combined. Where when a woman understands who God is and understands how God created her, then things change. Things begin to change in your life. When instead of pursuing these other things, you pursue the Lord, things in your life change. Ultimately, what this is saying for, for us today is that a woman of God is someone who puts their faith in Jesus, who puts their faith in the Savior. And when you do, here's what happens. Your decisions, instead of your decisions being based on, on these things, your actions being based on these first two things, which is like this, this well that you, you dig down in and you try to draw up uh, life from it, but it ends up being just full of insecurities and uh, full of disappointments. Instead of drawing from that well over and over and over again, here's what the Bible is saying. When you draw from the well of Jesus, things change in your life. And all of a sudden, ladies in this room find their security in Jesus. They find their hope in Jesus. They find their identity, not in the things of this world, not in, not in charm and beauty, but in Jesus. That's what it means to be a woman of God. That is, that's the cheat code that allows you to live the way we've been talking about. This is the answer to being a good, godly woman, is to have that kind of relationship with Jesus. Or you can remember it this way. A good woman's purpose and motivation is found in Jesus. Think about it. The purpose for why they exist is Jesus, things change. If their motivation, if your motivation for why you do the things you do, the things you get involved in, the things you say yes to, the things you say no to, when your motivation is found in Jesus, things change. And all of a sudden you begin to move towards being like that woman we've been talking about. Now, there are some stories in the New Testament. They talk a lot about how Jesus valued women, how he, he would restore women. He would take care of and, and love women in his culture. And I'm telling you what, guys, I think a lot of times we look at the Bible and we're like, man, it's kind of like subjugates women in some ways. But you got to realize that's not God subjugating women. That's that culture, that, in, that evil, sinful culture that the Bible is all found up all in, that these cultures would devalue women. And Jesus changed everything. And he valued women so much so that they hated him for it. They hated the way that he would, he would bring a woman in, into the room and say, you can't bring her in here because our culture says you can't do that. And Jesus says, no, no, no. That's not how we're gonna do things. I'm changing things. She's no longer a second class citizen. Things are different. You look in Luke chapter eight, you read this story about uh, Mary Magdalene. She became one of Jesus' followers and Jesus saved her. We don't, we don't know everything that happened, but she sa God saved her from this evil and dark past. And we don't know her past, but we know something. Everyone has a past, don't they? 
Every single one of us, every woman in this room has a past. And Jesus took her and valued her. And here's something that's really crazy and really countercultural, and I think it changes everything. Jesus didn't just value her, he gave her a seat at the table as one of the disciples. And the Bible talks about how Jesus had many women who were followers of him, even named them by name, which was crazy in that culture. Here's what I think this is saying. Jesus loves women, values women, honors women, gives them a place of prominence in the church. Here's something you need to know. You are loved, ladies. You are so valued. You are honored. And I pray that today in your house that you are, you are cherished that you are, you are lifted up today and that people would applaud you for who you are and all the things that you've done. And I want you to know as the pastor here at Central, this. Here in our church, you have a seat at the table. You're important and we need you. God loves you and we do too. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for all of the women here in this room and I love how the end of Proverbs says that we should applaud them and that their good deeds should go before them and people should, should praise them for what they've done. And so, God, we just take a moment today and we do that. We thank you, God, for all of the women in our lives. They've changed us. They've made us who we are. And God, we see that you've been working through them in our lives. So God, today I just pray for every woman in this room, for everyone that's listening online, God, that you would just help them to, to know their worth in you. Not in the things of this world, but in you. And as they rest in that, I pray, Lord, that this ideal Proverbs 31 woman would not be not be a weight upon us, but it would be a coach to encourage us. Every woman that they would, they would begin to, if they aren't already, to, to move towards that godly example as they trust in Jesus. I pray, God, there's anyone in this room, anyone online who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, God, that you would convict their heart today to put their faith and trust in you and that you would change their lives for the better. Help women today to be fearless, God. To work hard, to provide, to be that trustworthy partner that is so cherished and loved. I pray, God, they'd be able to do that as they trust in Jesus. We trust you to do that. Thank you for all the women in our lives, God. Bless them today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, they're just finishing up service in there and I wanted to come out and tell you that we love you guys and we're praying for you. If you made a decision today, we would love to hear about it. So you can email us at prayer at cbcowasso.org and we'd love to respond to you, pray with you, and just be in that communication because you just made a decision. That's awesome. We want to celebrate that. 
Um, remember as we go out into the world that we exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. Have a good day.